Since the inception of the United States National Park System, over 85 million acres of land has been protected for public use. And within the past century, it is in those vast retained lands that nearly 1,600 people have disappeared, many of whom vanished without a trace. Others left behind disturbing clues that, despite close examination, continue to baffle investigators. In this episode, we closely examine three such cases and try to make sense out of the few clues that were left behind. Our first story begins on Thursday, July 18th of 1991. On that day, a Boy Scout troop from El Monte, California left for an overnight camping trip in the San Bernardino Mountains. The five-member troop and their scoutmaster set up base camp and spent the night at Dry Lake, located near the base of San Gorgonio Mountain, with a plan to hike to the summit the following morning. Also known as Old Grayback, at 11,500 feet, San Gorgonio Mountain is the tallest peak in all of Southern California. The trail to the summit is considered moderately difficult. Off trail, the terrain is described as loose rock, slippery slopes, and steep ravines descending into thick vegetation. The hike up to the summit and back down to base camp was expected to take all day, and as the troop approached the end of the sky trail near the peak of Old Grayback, it was already 6 p.m., it was then that Scoutmaster Dennis Knight was notified that one of his scouts, 12-year-old Jared Negretti, had been struggling to keep up with the rest of the troop. Instead of waiting for Jared to catch up or backtracking to get him, inexplicably, Dennis Knight reportedly said that they would get Jared on their way back down the mountain, so they continued on without him. When the troop trekked back down the mountain, they expected to find Jared resting on the trail in the same area where he was last seen. But when they got there, Jared was gone. With no replies to their repeated shouts out for him, the thought was that Jared may have returned to base camp on his own. So the troop continued trekking down the mountain. The sun was setting when they finally reached their base camp, but Jared wasn't there. The troop set out into the darkness to find help, all while they grappled with the possibility of young Jared being lost in the dark remote wilderness alone. In the days following Jared's disappearance, search and rescue teams from Sierra Madre and San Dimas, along with a hundred Marines from El Toro, assisted with local search efforts. In total, the teams covered over 130 square miles of wilderness to locate him. Combing through areas with such dense vegetation that only 150 feet could be searched through per hour. It was during one of these searches that a shoe print was found that matched the tread of Jared's shoe type, and not far from this discovery, search teams would find the last remaining traces of Jared Negretti that would ever be found. On July 29th, Ten days after he disappeared, 
Beef jerky and candy wrappers were found near a disposable camera that belonged to Jared. Authorities noted that 12 snapshots had been taken on the roll of film, which was immediately developed in the hopes that one of those photos could provide authorities and search teams something they could use in their efforts to locate Jared. All but one of the pictures were of landscapes taken prior to his disappearance. But the last photo was a close-up of Jared's face that looked to have been taken with a flash at night. Jared's father, Felipe Negretti, said of the picture, quote, You could see in the photo that he was very scared. And Jared's mother, Linda, anguished at the thought, saying, The hardest part of this ordeal comes to me at night, knowing he is out there alone in the wilderness. In total... Over 3,000 volunteers logged in nearly 45,000 hours searching the San Bernardino wilderness, from Angeles Oaks to Whitewater Canyon, but no other traces of Jared were ever found, and his case remains open to this very day. In the aftermath of Jared's disappearance, Boy Scout officials admonished Scoutmaster Dennis Knight for his failures to adhere to multiple safety protocols, which included failing to file a report with the local Scout Council to notify them of the trip, failing to have a second adult accompanying the troop, and for breaking the most important rule of hiking within a group, that the slowest member dictates the pace. This would have kept Jared safe and accounted for. It was for these failures that Dennis Knight was released from the Boy Scouts. On Saturday, September 8th, near the conclusion of the search efforts for Jared, his family held a memorial service for him at their church. The same church that sponsored the Boy Scout troop Jared belonged to. His family had come to the painful conclusion that Jared was no longer alive. With 500 people in attendance, Jared's father, Felipe, memorialized his son from the church lectern. Thinking of Jared being left alone on that mountain, Felipe said, quote, I stand here with a broken heart for the way things happened. And he added, San Gorgonio is a tough hill. I cried on those hills. At the end of the memorial, Felipe cried out, Jared, where are you? I miss you so much. After Felipe spoke, his brother, and Jared's uncle, Ramon Negretti, expressed anger and outrage and refused to sit in the cathedral, blaming the church for what he believed was their culpability in Jared's disappearance, saying, quote, To the day I die, I will believe this church and the Boy Scouts of America are responsible for my nephew's death. And if what Ramon Negretti said next is true, then this is one of the saddest disappearances we have ever covered. According to Ramon, a parent of one of the scouts who was on the hike with Jared told him that Jared was left behind in a race. Apparently, one of the scouts had said let's race to the top, and knowing his nephew's physical limitations from being overweight, Ramon added, Jared didn't get lost up there. He was left behind. 
Our second story takes place nearly 60 years ago, on June 14th of 1969, when six-year-old Dennis Martin disappeared while on a camping trip with his father, grandfather, and older brother, Douglas, in the Smoky Mountains National Park. The family had arrived the day before and camped off the Russell Field Trail near the Tennessee and North Carolina border. The following day, they hiked 90 minutes to Spence Field, a popular spot for camping near the Appalachian Trail. After they arrived at Spence Field, Dennis and Douglas were allowed to play with other children who were camping nearby. At approximately 4.30 p.m., Dennis, along with Douglas and other kids, went into the woods with a plan to hide until they could jump out and surprise some of the other adults. As planned, the kids emerged from the woods all at once. All except for Dennis, who in just five minutes of being in the woods had somehow vanished. The search effort for Dennis Martin was massive. Within 24 hours, nearly 1,500 volunteers had joined the search, including park rangers, FBI agents, and Green Berets. In total, over 60 square miles of the park was searched extensively in an attempt to locate Dennis, but not a single trace of him was found. It wouldn't be until 20 years later that an unusual source provided a potential lead in the vanishing of Dennis Martin. In 1985, a ginseng hunter informed authorities that he had discovered the skeleton of a small child in the Smoky Mountains near Big Hollow, three and a half miles from where Dennis disappeared. The unnamed man indicated he had made the discovery only a year or two after Dennis disappeared. Unfortunately, he kept this to himself for 14 years out of fear he would be prosecuted for hunting ginseng illegally. Authorities searched that area, but found nothing. And that, unfortunately, to date, is the case of Dennis Martin, a boy who in 1969 had stepped into the woods for less than five minutes and vanished without a single trace. Our last story takes place on August 6th, 2001. On that day, a 16-year-old named William Parvin disappeared on San Gorgonio Mountain, in the same area that Jared Negretti had disappeared from a decade earlier. William had been hiking with his father Michael and sister Alyssa to the summit of Old Greyback. Wanting to reach the summit before dark, William sprinted ahead, telling his father and sister he would meet them on the trail on his way back down. But William never returned. After William was reported missing, Multiple search teams with dogs, helicopters, and posses on horseback were deployed to do extensive searches on Sagorgonio Mountain, but none were able to find any trace of the missing teenager. But that would all change four days later. On August 10th at 8.45 a.m., William Parvin was found stumbling out of the San Bernardino wilderness 
After he had hiked a fire access road to a trout farm several miles from San Gorgonio Mountain, as he recovered at Loma Linda Hospital, William told the media a harrowing story of the time he spent surviving alone in the wild and how he ended up missing. After he had reached the summit on the 6th, he took the wrong trail down the mountain and fell down a ledge. The fall gave him a concussion. Disoriented and in the dark, he mistook an animal path for a hiking trail and was quickly lost. During that first night, he had a close encounter with a black bear that came within several feet of him before he scared it away with his flashlight. The next three days were a blur of hallucinations, bad falls, and encounters with more wild animals. On his second day, William hallucinated that a fish told him to follow a nearby stream down the mountain, and even the clouds spoke to him as he continued throughout the wilderness. On the third day, he came to a spot where two waterfalls converged. When he got near the second set of falls, he fell over 20 feet into a creek bed, knocking himself unconscious. When he woke up, he was lying in the creek, with extreme pain in his ribs and a bleeding head injury. Despite all of his injuries, he pushed on, walking four days until he reached the forest road and was spotted by an employee of the trout farm. He was taken to the Loma Linda Medical Center, where he was reunited with his family. In the early stages of the search for William, Jared Negretti's father, Felipe, joined the volunteer effort. It was the first time he had been back to San Gorgonio Mountain since Jared vanished there ten years earlier. Felipe would say, quote, I felt Jared near me. And that gave me a sense of closure. We may never know the true fates of Jared Negretti or Dennis Martin. But in listening to William Parvin's story, we have insight as to how one can easily get lost in the wilderness and the ordeals one may have to face in order to survive, because it only takes one mistake or misstep to be left behind or lost forever. Hey everyone, lately it's been a struggle for me to create content for this podcast. Just with everything I have to get to in a single day, life and work can create challenges that can throw us all off balance. And because of that, I'm always looking for products that can provide a cognitive edge to keep my mind in a free flow state where energy and focus over an extended period of time is necessary. Well, recently, I started using a product called Magic Mind. It's a small shot of natural nootropics and adaptogens that reduce stress, improve physical and mental endurance, all while enhancing mental clarity. I drink a shot of Magic Mind every morning, and the results last me all day, without the jittery and anxious side effects of caffeine. 
So if you want to give this life hack a try, go to www.magicmind.co backslash disappeared and use my promo code disappeared for a discount on a one-time or subscription purchase. Magic Mind also offers a money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. The link is in the show notes.